I want to go to the book of James today. James chapter 1 is where we're going to be today. James chapter 1. Good to have all of our friends with us, all of our guests with us today, all of our regular folks. Remember when we used to be able to buy regular gasoline? Our kids don't even know what regular gasoline is. Amen. It's good stuff, regular gasoline, good stuff. Our kids don't even know what a lot of stuff is we get to experience. We got to experience the 60s and the 70s. Good God. We're probably safer here than we are were there. James chapter 1, we're going to the New Living Translation. I'm not going to keep you long. I'll have you out of here before uh, maybe noon. All right. Just look at my bifocals, make sure they're working. New Living. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Okay. So if temptations come in our lives, God's not sending that temptation. Now, if you want to go back in Genesis chapter 12, in the good old King James Version, it says... Genesis 12, 1, if you want to confirm this with yourself, you can check it out. It says, and God did tempt Abraham. Well, that word tempt there means tested. Okay? God will allow tests to come into our lives. God will allow situations to come into our lives. God will allow things to come into our lives that we are not comfortable with. All right? God will allow circumstances to come into our lives that make us uneasy. The children of Israel were in slavery for 400 years. Do you think that was comfortable? You remember when you was enslaved? Remember when you were slaves? No, none of us were slaves. None of us were slaves. But for 400 years, the people of God were slaves. Why? Why were they slaves? They went in as a big family. Seventy souls, they went into Egypt when Joseph was prime minister there. Eventually, as time does all of us, time will take us out. (laughs) You know that? I mentioned this, the old song, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. (laughs) You ever heard that one? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. I don't know too many of us who really want to die. You know, we kind of like to hang around a while because this is what we've ever always known, but we're getting ready for an an afterworld. We're getting ready for an after assignment. But this this slavery in Egypt... And as time went on, Joseph dies. The Pharaoh that worked with Joseph dies. And the Bible says that there arose a new Pharaoh that did not know Joseph. He didn't know Joseph, and so then he became fearful of the children of Israel, and eventually he enslaved them. He didn't want them to join ranks with their enemy and and ally themselves with the enemy and overtake Egypt. So he put them in slavery, and they were in slavery for 400 years. 
But it wasn't his divine plan, the Pharaoh of Egypt, to put them in slavery just because they didn't want them to ally with the enemies of Egypt. It was actually the plan of God. God uses that plan to make, a, make good on a promise that he gave one man named Abraham. And he said to Abraham, Abraham, who is your, where, where's your seed? He said, I don't have any seed. I don't have any heirs. I have no children. I have my nephew Lot, but I don't have any children. And God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. And he said, kings will come out of your loins. Kings. How about that? Well, how in the world is God going to do that? Well, God told Abraham, he said, your people will be in a country for 400 years and they will be slaves there. God used the 400 years in Egypt to take a family of 70 and build them into a nation of millions. But it wasn't comfortable. But, you know, God really doesn't and isn't concerned about our comfort. Now, you came to church to feel good today, and I just told you that God doesn't care if you're comfortable or not. I know. That's what in the world. But God is not concerned about how comfortable we are as he is about how con as he is concerned about keeping his word and his promises to us. He told Abraham, I'm going to make you a nation. And so 400 years of slavery comes and that family becomes a nation. And then kings come out of the loins and the descendants of Abraham. And God keeps his word. You see, God will send situations into our lives that we're not comfortable with to fulfill his will and plan. God will bring situations into our life that we are not comfortable with in order to fulfill his plan in our lives. I've, I've been there. I know. I've been through it. A lot of you have. A lot of you have been through situations that weren't comfortable, but when you came out of it, you realized that it was God that was orchestrating the whole thing. And so here it says that God does not tempt us with evil. God's not going to tempt you with evil. You know, God is not, he knows my weaknesses, so when I walk out the door today, God is not going to lay something there that's going to uh, cause me to sin. He may allow a situation to come in from the enemy or from another person, you know. Have you ever been driven crazy by a person? Don't lift, don't lift your hands. There are some people that just drive you crazy. Well, I don't know why they're in your life. Maybe it's because you might have asked for patience. If you ask for patience... God doesn't say, go to Walmart, aisle 17, right-hand side, halfway up the shelf is your patience. No. God is going to send somebody into your life to drive you nuts. Is this, am I in the library today? I might still be at the Eva Hunt Center. I don't know. It's awful quiet in here today. God does not give you an answer saying, go to Walmart, aisle 17. But God, whatever we pray for, will allow things to come into your life to help that fruit to grow in your life. I prayed, I prayed and I, I, I said, oh God, let me, let me, make me more like you. 
Okay. And I and hey, is that all? That's an awesome prayer. How many of you? That's just an awesome prayer, Pastor. That was an awesome prayer. You see, I'm trying to be awesome. So, listen, I prayed that prayer, and I go to guess where I went. Where do you go in town here? Where's the mall? Walmart, right? I went into Walmart. I mean, I hadn't prayed this prayer a day or two before. Lord, I just want to be like you. Oh, Jesus, just make me more like you. It's good when you're at church and they're playing a song that's hitting your heart and you're sitting up there, standing up there, but kneeling down, crying and praying, oh, God, just make me more like you. God, just help me more like you. I went to Walmart. And I went down the aisle, and here comes around the aisle somebody that had known me for years. Somebody that had known me for years. We had traveled together. Not only had we traveled together, I'm not talking about we went from, you know, here to Effingham together. Like we went around the world together. We knew each other. We, we traveled on the same buses and planes and stayed in the same hotels. Knew me. And came around the corner and saw me. Now, I don't know what I looked like. I must have been scary. Because I have never seen anybody hit the cart and turn and disappear in another aisle so fast in my whole life. And I stood there with my feelings hurt. Now, none of you would have got your feelings hurt because you guys all passed this test already and you're tougher than I am. I'm having a party, pity party, right there in the middle of the aisle. They just snubbed me. Am I Amish? They just shunned me. I just got the shunning. And the Lord ministered to me right there in that aisle. You know what he said? He came into his own and his own received him not. Didn't you pray, Lord? I want to be just like you. And so in my moment of truth and my moment of sincerity, I said, Lord, I would like to rescind that prayer right now because I don't want to go through this for a while. I'm not ready for this. Now, see, I, like I said, you guys are tough. You guys can handle it, but I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for Hey, when I see somebody that I know, man, unless, unless you've been really mean to me, pulled a gun on me or something, I'm going to be friendly to you. You know, even if we don't like you, you don't like me and I don't like you, we're going to, hey, we're going to, hey, how you doing? How you doing? You doing all right? You know? And so I prayed that prayer, and it's, it's like, God, what are you doing? He said, you prayed, and I sent you an answer. And you didn't like the answer. So now you're rescinding your prayer. I said, yes, I'm not ready for this level yet. So when God tempts us, he will allow things to come into our lives that will make us stronger. He will allow things to come into our lives that will deal in our lives and bring situations about. God wants to God is more concerned about what he's putting in you and what he's taking out of you than how you and I feel. All right? I'm just telling you that right up front. It doesn't always feel, I'm going to tell you this, it doesn't always feel good to live for God. 
it doesn't feel good to always live for God. It's tough living for God. Thank you. It's tough living for God. Where have you guys been back there? It's tough living for God. That's my amen corner back there. Tough living for God. It's hard. Is it hard, amen? Is it hard living for God? When everybody else wants to go out and do sinning do you, and you don't go, how do you feel? Huh? It's tough living for God. But God was trying to build stuff in us. And God is trying to make something in us. But this is what we got to be careful of. Temptation is what I'm talking about today. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. Now, when you and I are tempted, it's because of what we want. Amen? When you and I are tempted, it's because of what we want. And the devil knows what we want. He knows our buttons. Yeah? Does he know exactly what to bring to you to make you go nuts? Yeah? Does he know what to bring to you because he knows your wants and desires? So the devil will bring that to us. You know, one of my, like, one of my problems is, one of my desires is a seafood, all-you-can-eat buffet. And I'm talking about real seafood. I'm talking about what I used to eat just minutes off the Chesapeake Bay. That kind of stuff. I got out here, and I realized that there's not much of that here. Okay? And I saw all-you-could-eat seafood buffet advertised in the paper years ago. You know it had to be years ago because it was in the paper. Right? Nobody reads the paper anymore. Everything's online. And so I called him, and I said, hey. Oh, I was excited, man. It said seafood buffet, all-you-can-eat. And I said, could you please tell me what you have on your buffet? Sure. We got all-you-can-eat. Walleye, all-you-can-eat catfish, all-you-can-eat perch. I said, all of that comes out of a lake. Do you have scallops? No. Do you have snow crab? No. Do you have shrimp? We have shrimp scampi. I said, all right. Thank you very much. What time do you open and close? Because I wasn't going, but I just want to make it feel like I'm still interested a little bit. What time do you open and close? All right, thank you. We'll see if we can work you in. Hallelujah. But the, when there's temptation there's t- that comes in your life, the devil knows those buttons. He knows exactly the right person to send into your life at 1030 on Monday morning. When you've been late, the car battery was dead, you fell down getting to work and you got dirt all over your clothes. He knows exactly who to send to just tick you completely off. And he also knows the right woman or man to walk through your vision to capture your attention. Oh, if I thought you was hard in a few minutes ago, you're really going to lock up on me now. Temptation comes from our own desires and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So the 
the attraction and the desire pulls us away and it gives birth then to sinful actions. And sinful actions, when they're allowed to grow, brings death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, a wage is something that you do and you earn it. If you're going to work for me, I'm going to say, okay, how much are you going to charge me? Because I want to see how much you think you're really worth. And then the boss is going to say, well, I think that I can give you this because he's going to tell you how much you're really worth, right? So we want to see the wage here. So wage is something you work for. So we have to work for death. We have to work to die. We have to work for destruction in our lives. We have to allow our flesh to get to the point where we allow these wages of sin to bring forth death in our lives. But the gift of God is eternal life. So we work for sin and death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But the gift is eternal life in our lives. So we're working here. We're working to instruction, destruction. I want to talk about the progression of the transgression. How about that? The progression of the transgression. It doesn't all start out at one time and you wake up one morning and say, I think that tonight, today, I'm going to go commit adultery. That's probably not in your planner. You don't say, I think that today I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot 12 people at the post office. Now, it has to some, yes. But probably to you and I, no. Because we're trying to live for the Lord. But you've got to remember that there is a progression in the transgression. There is a progression. It doesn't happen all at one time. It is a gradual thing. All right? You and I, we live in a rural community here. And we have a lot of people who hunt. Amen? We got any hunters out here? Okay. We got some deer hunters over here? All right, yes. We, not only are you a hunter, you really are a hunter. Amen. Hunter, hunter. Okay. Now, fishing, you go in, you throw, you try to find out what the fish are biting on, and you try to catch the fish. Change bait, change, catch fish, blah, blah. Hunting is different. Hunting is an ambush. You hide in a blind. You're up in a tree stand. Amen. And so, you know, that, that hunting, that hunting comes, comes into our lives. We're deer hunters. And so, a deer hunter, when you see that buck come down the path, you don't go like this. Because it'll scare him away. What do you have to do? You have to be slow. It has to be gradual. It has to be almost to the point where you're moving so slow and deliberate that the deer does not see you at all, does not hear you at all. You see, that is what I also would call the deception of the gradual because that deer is going to continue to feed there because it senses basically that there is no danger. If you throw that gun up or pull that bow back real quick, it's gone. 
it's, it's, it's recognized there's something out of sorts, and I've got to go. But if you do it gradually, you can get him. You've got him. That's what the devil wants to do in our lives. He wants to gradually do things in our lives that will gradually pull us down. The progression of the transgression. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 says, You have heard that it was said of them of old, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh at a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. What we're talking about is heart here today. We're talking about heart. Heart and mind are interchangeable. So we've got to talk about our heart today, our mind. Ezekiel 36, 24 says, For I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. God has brought us out of darkness. God has got us out of the mess that we were in. We were old people living in sin. Now we're old people living out of, not, out of sin, not in sin. We've got a new life. We've got a new heart. We've got a new attitude. Amen. And so, reading on here. And I will give you a new heart. Everybody say a new heart. And I'll put a new spirit in you. Now, are you different today than you were before you found the Lord. Now, a lot of people don't like that term, before you found the Lord, because they say, well, the Lord was never lost. Well, I mean, he wasn't, but you were looking for something. We were trying to fill that spot in our lives with something. Each one of us have that spot in our lives where we know that there's something that needs to be done, but we don't know how to get there, and so we fill it up with drugs and and immorality and relationship after relationship and alcohol and we fill it up with all kinds of things that we think will work and nothing ever seems to work it all seems empty it all seems empty amen but the lord said i'll put a new heart in you and i'm going to put a new spirit in you i'm taking the stony heart the stubborn heart oh lord the stubborn heart and give you a tender responsive heart Please be careful about how much you embrace your stubbornness. If Clark wouldn't got mad at me, I'd drop the mic. We pride ourselves in how stubborn we are. Do you know what the word says about stubbornness? It says stubbornness is as the sin of witchcraft. I knew I should have preached about Christmas. Jesus bringing presents to us. Amen. The Bible says that stubbornness is as a sin of witchcraft. The Lord says here, I'm taking away your stony, stubborn heart. And I'm going to give you a tender, responsive heart. Now, I grew up in a time, and even before me, that men didn't cry. Men don't cry. Real men don't cry. Don't cry. Hold it in. 
But guess what? Men have feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings, right? Men. But men don't cry. Men are supposed to be cold. Men aren't supposed to hug their wives. Men aren't supposed to. My dad said he grew up, he grew up with nine sisters. Now, can, can you imagine? I grew up with no sisters, and I know how my struggle was. But you grew up with nine sisters and a brother. My dad had ten moms. Ten moms. But he said, Were I, when I grew up, when you sat at the table, children are meant to be seen, not heard. <laughs> Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. Children are meant to be seen, not heard. And you waited till all the adults ate and got their food first before you got yours. Hey. And he said one of the most fantastic Christmas presents he can remember getting was oranges. He said during the Depression, there was a businessman in the town that they lived in that went to Florida every year, and he brought back oranges and gave them to, to families. And he said he gave our family a bag of oranges. I said, that's all you got for Christmas. He said, that's all we got for Christmas was a bag of oranges. And he said, I can remember my mom taking gunny sacks and making dresses and skirts for the girls out of the gunny sacks. And she'd take all old rags and make clothes out of them and gloves and all sorts of stuff. So kids, when you don't get your Xbox 27, you just be thankful it could have been a rotten orange. Could have got an orange. Yeah, a stubborn heart. God wants to take your stubborn heart out, our stubborn heart. Quit fighting the Lord. Some of us are fighting the Lord so much because we pride ourselves in stubbornness, and God says, I don't like stubbornness. It's just like witchcraft. Witchcraft comes from, you know a word in the Bible that witchcraft comes from? It comes from the word pharma. So when people are into drugs, what do you call that at Walmart where you go get all the pills? The pharmacy. So when people are on drugs, you actually come under the spell of witchcraft. When you're drunk and on alcohol, you're under the spell of witchcraft. God wants to get rid of our stony heart and put in a heart that's responsive to him. To put in a heart that you know that's big enough to say, if I need to cry, I'm going to cry. If I need to respond to the Lord, I'm going to respond to the Lord. Some of you men won't come up front here and worship because you're scared. I don't know what you're scared of. I don't know. Scared of me? I mean, i got to have about eight foot to pace. You notice how I just pace? I didn't realize I paced until I watched the, sh uh, watched the show one time, until I watched the service one time. Listen, but we have no commercials in our shows. All right. I didn't realize how much I moved when I worship. Man, I'm all over the place. Then i got to go over and talk to somebody, and then, hey, how you doing? And go over here. God wants a responsive heart. It would be awesome if the men of this church would be up here with me. Worshiping. I guess I could come back there with Bernie. Back there with Larry. He gets the wall. And then I see everybody. Then I see I see Johnny's bald spot on his head. Then I see my mom lean over and slap her kid. Here I'm trying to worship. God wants to give us a responsive heart. 
God wants to give us a heart that's soft and tender toward him. He said, I'll put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. God wants us to follow his word. He wants us to follow his decrees. He wants us to live for him. He wants us to walk with him. He doesn't want us walking with the devil. He doesn't want us walking with our next door neighbor who's half nuts. You know, you got them. There's one in every neighborhood. There's one in every neighborhood. God wants you to follow his rules and his desires. But you don't know, Pastor, what I've been through. God's trying to take out that stony heart. He's trying to work on you. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, apparently, you are not dead to this in your life yet. How do you know? I said, I'm glad you asked. Because it still bothers you. Have you ever seen what bothers a dead man? Now, is that good? That wasn't original. I borrowed it. A dead man is not bothered by anything. And we're supposed to be dead to sin and dead to the desires of our flesh. God wants us to be dead to stubbornness and dead to being cold-hearted and stony-hearted. God wants to put a new spirit in us, a new walk in us. He wants us to be men and women of God and men and women that, that, that are, are affectionate and men and women that, that have, are responsible. Pick up those kids and love on those kids and all of that other stuff. God doesn't want you to be hard. He wants you to be soft. He said, I have discovered, uh, Paul said in Romans 7, 21, I have discovered this principle in life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do it or do what is wrong. You ever been there? He said, I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. He said, this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Now, brothers and sisters, I have been baptized. I have been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. Right? Been all of that. And I still have to deal with sin every day in my life. Do you deal with sin? I don't know what kind of sin you would deal with in your life. Honey, you're, you're so good. The only thing I can think of is you've got a stony heart toward probably one person in your life. You're awful hard on them. You see what I'm saying? We all deal with sin. We all have issues. We all have problems. That sin is, that's sin. And it seems to want to keep coming up and seems to want to keep pulling us down. Sometimes we feel like a yo-yo. Sometimes we're up and then we're down. And sometimes we're out there and then we're back. And sometimes we just can't seem to get control. You know what? If one, let me give you a nice resolution for 2021. Uh, 2020, it just got shot completely out of the water. We can't even put words on what this year has been. 2021, here's the resolution. Lord, I just want to be consistent. I just want to be consistent. When it's time to come to the house of God, I come to the house of God. I come on Wednesday nights, come on Sunday mornings, I come on food pantry, food pantry day. Amen. I come over here and, and, and wipe down things, clean things, decorate things. Aren't these decorations beautiful? 
Huh? Let's give a hand to all those who helped do that. Yes. Beautiful. I give a double applause because I didn't have to do any of it. Thank God. Let's just want to be consistent. I just want to... Paul said, I, that still makes me a slave to the sin that is within me. But he said this. He said, I've got to do... I've got to do what? He said, there's a power within me that is at war with what? My hands? No. My feet? No. My mind. You've got to get your thinking straight. We've got to get our thinking straight. Let me tell you something. What we grow up with is what we think is normal. It may not be normal the way we grew up. Let me go into my counseling degree here. It might not be normal. I told you. I told you they kept cutting the end off of the ham. Do you remember that? Mama cut the end off the ham. The little girl said, Mama, why are you cutting the end off the ham? She said, I don't know. That's what your grandmother did. Mama went to the grandmother. She said, why did you cut the end off your ham? She said, I don't know. That's what my mother did. She went back to her mother who was still alive, and she said, why did you cut the end off your ham? She said, because the pot was, or the pan was too short. Do you know how many hogs lost half their hams just because of a short pan? But you see, that was normal in their lives. That was normal. There may be behavior in our lives and thinking patterns in our life that are not normal. And the devil wants to continue making them normal. That way he has a beachhead to work on in your life to mess up our thinking. Okay, that's all right, I guess, Pastor. Yes, it is. That's all I got today. I mean, you're not getting nothing else. Romans 8, 7, for the sinful nature. Everybody say the sinful nature. It is hostile. It's always hostile toward God. Anything that is anti-God is going to be in our sinful nature. So our sinful nature is still here. I still have to deal with it every day. And then inside of me, inside of my mind, inside of my thinking, I am dealing with a nature that hates God. To whom God lives in my spirit. So now I have a spirit that has been born again by the power of God, who loves God, who wants to do everything right for God, whose next door neighbor is my sinful nature that hates God, that doesn't want me to do anything for God, that doesn't want me to give to God. You better keep your money. You better keep your money because, you know, you might need your money. Don't give it to God. Church has enough money. Look at them. They got LED lights on the green garland. It's beautiful. Church don't need your money. Look at this. This is what the devil said. Look at this. Solid gold Christmas ball. Solid gold. Church don't need no money. <laughs> the devil is a liar. Amen. How many of you like that strip of oil and chat down through there? You like that strip? Nope. Nope. 
Rather have potholes? I'm going to tell you, you people are, you're people, the toughest people on the earth. You want just want potholes in your life? Solid gold Christmas balls? Yeah, yeah. See, the devil says, you better keep this. You better not do this. You better not trust God. God's, God's oh, what about this? You know? This is happening in your life. This is happening in your body. This is happening in your situation. You better not trust God. Well, what are you going to do? That's all we can do is trust God. What else are we going to do? What else, where else are we going to go? You know, I'm looking at this whole election thing, and it's like, this is crazy. It's getting crazier, and it seems more impossible and more impossible. Is anybody going to step up and do anything? Even if Donald Trump wasn't seated as president again, I'm telling you that if they don't fix this, these elections in these states, this, this, world, this country's done. This country is done. So it has to be done or the Constitution is nothing. And if Texas secedes, I don't think we'll, Illinois will be going with them. So what are we going to do? We've got to trust God. When we're down to nothing, God is up to something. When we're down to nothing, God is up to something. Amen. I'm going to faith it until I make it. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep moving until he does whatever he wants to do. I'm going to keep obeying his laws no matter how much the temptation tries to progress in my life. No matter how much the enemy tries to get into my life. Look at Romans 12, 2, New Living. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Everybody say, transform. Transform. Yes. Yes. Now, pole light out there burned out a month or so ago. Most people didn't realize it did, but the daycare parents all did because it was, it was darker than sin around the corner. Do you know how dark it is at, at, at 5 o'clock at night here now? It feels like we're at 3 a.m. It's like I just had a bologna sandwich an hour ago, and it was daylight, and now I feel like I'm at 3 a.m. That, that light went out. So I called Amber and I said, hey, I need, can you put a light out here? Yep, it'll be 255 bucks. I said, what? I said, 255 bucks. I said, well, what are they made out of? Gold? All we got to do is sell one of those solid gold Christmas balls up there. We'd pay off this building if that was a solid gold Christmas ball. So they said, well, let us send out somebody from uh, engineering. So they sent out a guy from engineering. And I said, look, this light here, this light needs is burnt out. And I said, before I called you, I didn't even think about this. And this is how I operate. And, you know, nobody wants to hear how I operate because my mind is not right most of the time. So I said, if that light is going to cost me $255, I almost said $55,000. If that's going to cost me that much money, I got a guy in the church with a bucket truck. And we'll go up there, and A, we'll replace the light. B, we'll change the eye if we need to. C, we'll put a new bulb in. But I said, I ain't gonna, I, there ain't no way I'm paying 255 bucks. Well, he said, let me see what I can do. I think maybe we could do this for free. Now, I said, I want a 250-watt one in there. You, you don't have it because you don't ask for it. See, you've got to come on up to this level because I'm not going back to your level because I don't like your level. Well, God, if you want to bless me, okay. If not, I'll just 
won't get blessed. Well, he said, let me see what I can do. That was on Thursday. On Sunday, I came, Sunday evening, I came here to the church to grab something out of my office, and that light was burning. But it was only 100 watt. How did I know? Because it has a number on the bottom that tells them what it is. It has a 10, which means it's 100 watt. And I said, well, Lord, thank you. You know I wanted 100 watt, or 250, but so I'm going to thank you for it. And I don't know if, who did this, Lord, I don't know. So I get a hold of Isaac, and I say, Isaac, did you put a new light on that light pole? He said, what? No. So I was sure that he didn't. I'm like, you didn't put the light up on the light pole? He said, no. I said, okay, thank you, Lord, for the light fairy. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the light fairy. The next week I come by and I drive by out there on 185 and it looks brighter. And I'm like, so I turn around. I come down here. I look up. It says 25. It has evolved into a 250 watt light. Lord, I thank you. Now I have the right wattage, the brightness, and the lumens that I want. I thank you, Lord, for sending the light fairy. Whoever it is and whoever it was, I thank you. And then I had a message to call the engineer back. So I call him back, and I said, hey, I don't know. Who did this? I said, listen, I'm a pastor, and I operate in the miraculous. And I said, I don't know if it was you or the light fairy or who it was, but whoever it was, I want to thank them for this 250-watt LED light that I have out here now. Thank you. And he started laughing. And he said, well, he said, I got it done for you. He said, enjoy it, pastor. No charge. I said, praise the Lord. So I said, I'll have to say this. When that power comes in off of that line, it has to hit a transformer. Because if it didn't hit a transformer, it would blow this place up. And that transformer transforms that power, that raw power, into power that we can use to plug in your curling iron, to plug in your computer, to plug in your, oh, this, everybody knows this, to plug in your phone charger. Where's my phone charger? Who's got my phone charger? Phone charger. Don't let Mitchell have any of your phone chargers because he'll never bring them back. I'm just telling you. I'm warning you up front. If Mitchell asks for your phone charger, don't do it. So this raw power that comes into our life goes through a transformation process which makes us a new person by changing the way we think. You cannot live for the Lord and continue to think like you did before you came to the Lord. It's going to be totally different. It's not going to work. Because there's people out in the world before you came to the Lord that you hated their guts. Now, you're not allowed to hate their guts. You don't have to like them, but you've got to love them. I've prayed for the day that the trooper and the DUI drunk driver sits on the same pew together. 
worshiping the Lord. I pray that the, the DEA and the same drug addict that got busted by him sit on the same pew, worshiping the Lord. What am I talking about? I'm talking about getting transformed. I'm talking about getting changed in your life. You know, I'm believing God. Now, this is what Johnny Ty told me. I said, Johnny, what do they do over in Laos on Christmas? And he said, we get drunk. So, no pressure on you, Johnny. But I'm believing God that this Christmas, you ain't getting drunk. Hallelujah. Is that truth? Amen. You're not getting drunk. Amen. No. No. We only get drunk now in church. Amen. We only get drunk now at Joe's place. Amen. The blessed place to get drunk now is in a Holy Ghost-filled church. Amen. Hallelujah. Letting the power of God fall in your life. Letting the fire of God cleanse your life. Letting the transformation power of the Holy Ghost change that thinking. Turn bad thinking to new thinking. Glory. I hope this is okay. Then you'll learn. After you get new thinking, you'll learn to know God's will for your life. Some things aren't going to come into your life until you get your stinking thinking changed. Some things aren't going to come into our lives until we learn to get our thinking under control. Some of us think too much. Some of us have tortured thinking. I work with people that got a super glue Velcro and screw down every tool they got when I get ready to go to lunch because somebody's going to come in and steal it. I said, but if they see some of these tools, ain't nobody going to want that tool. It's all busted and broke. People always, I'm telling you, if you would, if you would walk alongside of folks in the world and how they think, they have tortured thinking, painful thinking. I'm being serious right now. I'm telling you, painful, tortured thinking. They've been, they've been abused. They've been taken advantage of. They've been hurt. I'm talking people in here. You've been through all of this. And it's like your thinking is so warped. And your thinking is so out of whack. And it's so painful. And, and our past holds up what God wants to do in our future. In fact, somebody said to me the other day, I have, I have put up a wall. I've put up a wall so nobody can hurt me and I can't get hurt anymore. Let me tell you this. The same wall that keeps out the hurt is the same wall that keeps out the healing. And at some point in our lives, we're going to have to have a trust fall in Jesus. We're going to have to trust him and depend on him. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. I'm getting ready to close. Ephesians 4.21, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. You see, we've been corrupted. Instead, let the Spirit, you see that big S, that capital S? Whenever you see that, that means Holy Spirit. That means Holy Ghost. When you said, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Stop having negative attitudes about church. Everybody goes to church, they get hurt in church. Everybody goes to church and they ain't allowed to do nothing else in their lives. My Lord, I've been in church 40 years and I've had a pretty good life. Woo! 
I've preached on a lot of continents. I've been in a lot of countries. I met a lot of fabulous people around the world, and I met some losers too. Hallelujah. You know what? You don't put the losers' numbers in your phone. You just let them keep on going. Hallelujah. Why? Don't get, get don't don't prejudge. Don't prejudge what God wants to do in your life. Don't prejudge what God wants to do in your family's life. Don't prejudge that. Let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And when the tempter came to him, I'm closing. Where's, where's all my people? There she is right there. All my people right there. She's a daughter. You're not a mother yet, are you? No. Not that we know of. Amen. Amen. A daughter, soon to be a mother sometime in life. Got a spirit? She's all right there. Are you going to help her sing? Huh? Okay. Now, now, Kirsten, here we are. Matthew 4, let's all stand. And when the tempter came to him, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. When the tempter came, he's in the wilderness. Tempter came, he's in the wilderness. He's going after Jesus. Just like he goes after you and I. He's going to go after you. He's going to go after you. He's going to come out. When you leave these doors today, he's going after you. When you leave out of here today, the devil's going to be ready for you. When you leave out of here today, the devil's going to be setting up shop. He knows your weak spots. He knows your moments. He knows it. But, he said, if thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You got to use the word. Verse 6, he said to him, if you be, this is the next temptation, if you be the Son of God, You'll give your angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. He's coming after him. There's three ways the devil tempts you. I'll give you a scripture for this. It's in 1 John 5, 17, I believe it is, or 4, 17. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, okay? Jesus said to him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. Last temptation, verse 9. And he saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if you'll fall down and worship me. Jesus said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now there's a progression in the transgression. And it gets us to this. We're drawn away of our lust, and we're enticed. It brings forth actions. When the actions are finished, it brings forth death. Right? Now, this next verse says this. It's one of my favorite verses. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of him. Let me say this. If, if, Jesus needs taken care of while he was on this earth. Why wouldn't any of us need help 
while we're on this journey. Okay? Don't feel bad. Don't feel weak. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel depressed. Okay? That Jesus, if he needed help and angels came and took care of him, those angels are going to take care of you as well. So some of you are in a fight. Some of you are in a situation. Some of you are dealing with things that it's just a continual thing. Continual. But don't let the devil plant that seed to progress toward doubt, toward unbelief, toward fear, toward anything else. Amen? You can win. You will win. How about that? You will win if you just stay in the race. If you just hang on. If you just keep on coming. Just keep on walking. You just keep showing up. Just keep going. Put one foot in front of the other. Soon you'll be walking out the door. Just keep. Here I am. One way. One step at a time. Don't look at the whole picture. God, why am I here? Maybe you're trying to build something in me. Don't be stubborn and say, Lord, I can't do that. I cannot allow you to do that in my life. Don't be stubborn. Let go of that and let God put a new heart in you, a heart that's responsive, a heart that's soft, a heart that wants to love and care. Amen. All right. I'm done. That's it. I'd like to invite you to come on up front. We're going to sing. We're going to sing. I'd like you to just come on up front. Maybe there's something that today I said that touched a nerve, brought light to something that said, hey, I need to change in this area. Or, hey, the devil might be too far in this area because it's a progressive deal. It's not going to be, he's not just going to come and be right in your face. And let me say this. Let me say this as you're coming. That the devil, when he finally realizes that he can't whip you in an area, he's not coming back to tempt you in that area. Amen? When he realizes to a person that he can't get him with drugs or alcohol again, then guess what he's going to say? Let's work on, let's work on Brother Tracy's attitude a little bit. Let's work on Brother Tracy's attitude. Let's work on Let's bring this against him and see how he handles it. Does he get bitter? Does he get angry? Does he stop coming to church? Does he stop praying? You see what I'm saying? He's going to attack you in a different area. Be ready for him. Be ready. It's coming. But what that means is all those other battles, all those other battles have been won. That victory's won. Why? Because the longer you go, the more battles you win, the stronger it gets. Amen. Anybody else? Come on up. Come on up. Let's just... Before we close, let's be together and worship a little bit. Changed here. I've been changed.
just as he left you he has left them in that area because he realizes Lord that that has become a no issue with them that he cannot get them in that area of temptation so Lord I pray now for understanding that we would be able to see ahead of us that we would have foresight 
that, Lord, we would be able to see presently, and not only in the future, but presently, areas in our life where the enemy is trying to put that temptation, to begin that progression, to begin that, that momentum and that movement of it rolling, Lord, into some action. So I pray in the name of Jesus that that understanding would come by your spirit right now. You said, Lord, in your word that when the spirit of truth was come, he would lead and guide us into all truth and he would show us things to come. So, Lord, through your spirit, show us things and areas in our lives that the enemy is trying to set up strongholds in. He's trying to set up and establish his influence in. And we rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Come on now, brothers and sisters. I want you to talk to the enemy right now. I want you to rebuke him. Devil, we rebuke you right now in Jesus' name by the power of the Lord that any area in our lives that you are trying to influence that are now going to be washed away and flushed out by the, a wave of the Spirit of God in our lives. We have the Holy Ghost. We have your power, Lord, in our lives. And, Lord, we command the enemy to leave certain areas of our lives. Go ahead and name those areas, brothers and sisters. Go ahead and name them. Recognize them. Identify them in the name of the Lord if you know them. Lord, we command the enemy to leave areas in our lives right now, in our attitudes, in our hearts, in our family, in our relationships, whatever it is, Lord, maybe from our past, whatever it is, God, work, move and do something. Change us in the name of the Lord. Take out, Lord, that stubbornness out of our lives. Take out that stubbornness and put in a heart that's responsive and soft toward you in Jesus' name. Oh, now I won't. Oh, I won't go back. I can't go back. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a hand praise, would you? Yeah. So, does that, does that make sense what I'm telling you? The devil doesn't tempt you in areas where he used to tempt you. You're, you recognize that? That's because you've won. That's because you've won. So now he's moved on to a different situation in your life or a different level or however, you see, and so thou, that's where, if you just stay strong, like we read in Matthew 4, just stay strong because if you do, he's going to realize that he can't get you in that area. And the more battles, these are just battles. The more battles you win, the stronger you get. And the stronger you get, then he's going to leave you alone. And he'll take you to the next level. And then you go to the next level in the Lord, and there's a new devil to fight. Amen. The progression of the transgression. Don't forget uh, church Wednesday night this week. Life groups next Sunday. Now, next Wednesday a week, you know Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. I, not very many of you came to me and said, Pastor, what do you want for Christmas? So, I'm praying about that. 
Megan gave us a lot of wisdom last night. She said, at least your car won't break down this Christmas. <laughs> I said, yeah, because we don't have a car. We need to help us pray that we find the title. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. But now, next two Wednesdays from now, we won't have church. We'll have it on Thursday. We're going to have Christmas Eve service from 4 to 5, one hour. Christmas Eve, 4 to 5. If you're able to be there, that'd be good. that's always a beautiful service. All right, so just give you a heads up on that. Amen. Be kind to one another. Love each other. Greet each other. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.